anger, depression, loneliness, unforgiveness, a feeling of rejection, all of those will surface. And one of them may be stronger in you than it is in another person who may feel one of the other emotions more clearly. Don't think this is going to be an orderly process. Instead, we call it a tangled ball of emotions where everything is just knotted up and any one of those emotions and or all of them can appear at any given time. Welcome to Grayson 30 on WERALP, Arlington 96.7 FM, and streaming at WERA.FM. This is Ed Mellick, and I'll be your host for the program. Divorce is like a car wreck with the same traumatic effect on the body, but we don't treat it that way. These are the sobering words of tonight's guest, Steve Grissom, the creator of Divorce Care, a program that has helped over 1 million people navigate divorce. Steve joins us to discuss the many things he's learned over the past three decades, helping people experiencing this trauma, as well as people suffering through other types of loss. Steve, welcome to Grace and 30. Thanks, Ed. It's great to be with you. Your desire to help people work through divorce came from your own divorce experience following a 13-year marriage. What were some of the ground-shaking emotions that you experienced as you, as you went through the early days of the process? Well, it was just an absolutely awful, terrible experience. And my heart goes out to anybody who's going through it right now. Um, I was depressed. I felt rejected. I simultaneously got angry. I was lonely. And I just didn't see any hope for the future. It was, it was a miserable time, and, and those emotions, those deep emotions spanned more than a year, probably a year and a half, and then they began to moderate some, but they were still with me for quite a while. Yeah, you used uh, very graphic language to describe this. I, I didn't use it in the intro, but one of the interviews I listened to, you talked about you know, how traumatic it would be to have your arm or your leg ripped off. And it was the same sort of effect, I guess, on your emotions and, and physical health when you go through divorce, correct? It is. And the way to understand that is to understand God's definition of marriage. The Bible says that when two people marry, they're no longer two individuals that have come together. They become what scripture literally calls one flesh. They are one person with two manifestations in God's eyes. And so what happens when you rip flesh? If you rip off an arm, if you try to tear a person in half, so to speak, it, it's, it's a terrible experience. It's medically, it's an, emer an emergency emotionally. It's an emergency when you use it as an analogy, because it's not a clean severing. It's a rip. It's a tear. And, and it, it requires in the medical world immediate intensive care. And in the emotional world, it requires the same thing. 
my divorce attorney, I went through a divorce uh, after a 22 and a half year marriage, and this was 13 years ago. And my attorney mentioned to me, he says, there's typically, not always, but typically two timelines in any given divorce. There's the person who's sort of mourned the death of the marriage and they're planning a new life and they, they, they sort of drop the bomb. And then there's the person who is being left, is, is basically in shock. Has that been your experience? Is that typically what you see over these many years of working with people going through divorce? Well, every divorce is different and all, all different forms of scenarios apply here. But in a broad sense, yes. Yes, usually there's a person who is the initiator of a divorce who's been working toward that for some time. They may be mourning the death of a relationship or they may be stuffing their feelings of mourning aside because they're blinded by a new relationship, an affair, if you will. So it does vary. And then quite often there is the person who either didn't see this coming or didn't want to see this coming and they are blindsided. And I was one of those people. Now, when I look back, there were plenty of signs, but at the time, it was awful, and it was a, a huge, huge, devastating blow in my life. Yeah, in the divorce care program, where I'm, I'm sort of co-hosting a group right now, we're about halfway through, and in one of the early videos, uh, you mentioned the importance of really feeling the pain of not trying to deny or suppress the, the difficult, bad feelings you have, but sort of walking through it. Um, when you first went through uh, your divorce, you didn't have the benefit of your own program to go through. Did you find it difficult to work through uh, the painful period? I did. I did. It was a couple of year period where I was a real mess. And uh, I did turn to my church for help. And I got plenty of love and care from my church. Uh, they really put their arms around me. But at the same time, None of them had been through divorce, so they didn't really fully understand what I was going through. And so that, as time went on and I began to heal, that began to spur the idea of a, a weekly group where you could get together with other people who understood what you were going through. And, and that was the early germ of the idea for the divorce care program. Now, you, you had a seven-year-old daughter uh, when you got divorced. And um, in my divorce, I had a 13-year-old daughter. But you told sort of a heartbreaking story about, you know, you were tr you're trying to do your best to, to care for her. And you, you, you had a townhome you were moving into and had a room set up for her. And, and it, things didn't quite go the way you planned. Why don't you tell us what happened when you showed her that room? Well, I was a non-custodial parent. I, I was the uh, non-custodial parent. And so she would come on weekends. She would come on a school night, a Wednesday night for a short visit. But I, for the longest time, I wanted to keep the family home in hopes that we would get back together and it would serve as kind of an anchor for her. But eventually the marriage wasn't working out and it was time for me to move. And I found a townhome 
And before I moved in, I said, you know, it would be really smart to take her over and show her that uh, she'll have her own room and let her kind of get acclimated to the idea of this townhome. So I took her in and I showed her where her room was. And uh, a moment later, she ran out of the house, this little six, seven-year-old girl just sobbing. And I found her on the front st steps and she's, I said, why, what's wrong, sweetheart? Why are you crying? She says, why can't you and mom just work this marriage out so that I can go back home? And my heart broke for her. I, it, th there was no answer that could satisfy that question. The dynamics of the marriage, the dynamics of divorce were beyond her ability to understand. And the only thing I could do is sit there and hold her while she sobbed. And, and eventually she settled down a little bit, but uh, that really shook me up. It's heartbreaking. Well, let's actually talk about divorce care. Um, tell me about how you started to you know, cobble together this, this solution, which is, I mean, when I look at the numbers, a million people, I know a lot of churches across the U.S. have been using this for many years. How did you get the ideas to sort of put it together and, and how did it evolve into what it currently is today? Well, as time went on, I went to uh, my church. I had remarried by that time, several years after the divorce. And I, I still had the burden that the church needed some other way to help people going through divorce. So I talked to the church leaders about the idea of my wife and I leading a weekly divorce support group for people who were going through separation or divorce. And they thought that was a great idea. Now, then became a problem. What kind of material do I use in that environment? I didn't want it to be an environment where everybody just sat around and bashed their ex-spouse. So I looked for books or videos or anything that would be of help. And there really wasn't much. Uh, and I must say, now, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a counselor. I'm actually a journalist by training. And by that time, I was involved in, in some businesses. And so I didn't have the qualifications to create something. And so, but I, I kept saying, God, why doesn't somebody put something together so that a typical layperson like me can lead one of these divorce support groups. Well, in the meantime, what I was doing is I was grabbing a book here and a tape there and, and sort of creating a homebrew divorce support group. And that worked really well, even in that ragged sort of uh, structure and, and content, because we had material we could talk about that we knew was solid, we knew that was biblical. Uh, and it gave us the foundation then to put, put each group member's experiences in context. And I said, why doesn't somebody give us something like this specifically from divorce? Well, those are dangerous words to utter. Uh, over time, I got the answer that I didn't expect and the sort of a metaphorical tap on the shoulder. And well, Steve, why don't you do that? And I started saying, uh, yes, but uh, Lord, don't you know I'm not a pastor or a counselor? 
and I just remarried and I have a wife and, and two new daughters to take care of. And I have a job. And eventually he showed me that my background as a television journalist uh, would actually suit well the format that emerged because instead of me being the expert, I'm the guide. And I went out and like any journalist does, I interviewed the world's leading experts on divorce and recovery topics from a Christian perspective and wove those into a 13-week program and then created a workbook to go with those. So my background in journalism and my background with divorce actually assisted in creating that format, which is still the format we use to this day for divorce care. And it really is an exciting way to do it because you think about getting the best of the best in terms of this expertise in front of people who are hurting so deeply. It's not my opinion. It's not one person teaching. It's uh, in the case of the latest divorce care version, it's 30 some experts sharing their knowledge in addition, we have people who have actually been through divorce or who are going through divorce telling their stories on the video as well. And so it's, it's really worked well. And uh, that was the genesis, though, of how we got started doing divorce care. So this is back in, you launched this in 1994, which is 27, 28 years ago. Um, yes. You worked on it for a year or two or three leading up to that. W would you say that this collection of expert interviews is like the main thing that makes this so effective or the secret sauce? Or are there two or three things that kind of taken together make this effective and helpful for people? We call, uh, a, three, we call it a three-legged stool. Uh, we, there are three key components to divorce care. The videos are one the support group discussion where, the, where you're interacting with others who are sharing the same kind of experiences. And then the third component is the, what we call participant guide, where it has weekly exercises, journaling exercises, study exercises, where you go through those in the days between the weekly sec sessions, keeping that material alive. So it's those three elements that work together and people develop such close relationships in the support group and, and healthy relationships. I'm not talking about romantic relationships, but uh, healthy relationships because they will, they will see that there really are people who are experiencing the same thing. One of the strangest things to me when we first started was people would tell me they'd come to divorce care group and they'd say, I had no idea that there were other people who understood what I was going through. Hmm. Now on the face of that, you think about it, there are so many divorces in this world that of course there are other people. But when you look at it from the other vantage point, divorce is such an isolating experience it's such a time of rejection that you lose perspective of remembering that there are a lot of other people who are hurting like you are so it's really eye-opening to come to a group and say oh 
They really do understand. And the leaders like you, Ed, are people who have been through divorce. And so they bring that wisdom and knowledge into it as well. I think about um, the approach in your videos. It's not heavy handed. It's, it's just a lot of information. It's sort of telling people like last week we played uh, the family segment and a guy who's been separated eight years and has not, and he's just now getting around to finalizing the divorce papers. You know, he was like, oh, I was wrecked by about five things in that video. And it's not heavy handed. Um, I listened to a couple of interviews of you and, and in one of them, two of them actually, back to back, the, the, the people that were interviewing you quoted Malachi 2.16 each time. And, 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 and I agree, you know, God hates divorce, but that's not going to be helpful. When I look at, hear something like that, I think so, when my wife left, she left, there was nothing stopping her, nothing. And it sounds like it was the same way with your wife when she left there, it was, it was not going to be reconciled and, and people, they need to hear something encouraging. I think one of the most encouraging scriptures I've heard uh, is Jeremiah chapter three, where it talks about God divorcing faithless Israel because of her adultery. And, and when I heard a sermon where someone focused on this particular sermon, uh, this particular uh, scripture, he said, hey, God's been divorced. He understands your pain. And I thought, wow, that just resonated with me. And that's the sort of thing I get out of the class is, is just these videos and these discussions. And what you're saying right now is, is it's sort of saying, hey, here's all these things you may, and you may be experiencing many of them, and this is normal, and this is okay, and here's how you deal with this. And then there's other people in the room saying the same thing. And it kind of sounds like that might be one of the cores, if not the core, but certainly the spiritual element is top, but the, the, the fact that this is normal what you're going through, it's awful, and don't feel strange about that. Do, do you agree with that, that that's like really a key component of the class? I do. I do. And you quoted the scripture out of Malachi, God hates divorce. And here's the other part of that, though. God does hate divorce, but he doesn't hate the people who are going through divorce. Hmm. He loves them. He loves the person who's been rejected, and he wants to see him or her healed. He loves the person who may have initiated a divorce wrongly through adultery or some other sin. And he wants to see that person restored. So God wants healed, whole, and restored people who love him and, and are connected to the love he has for them. And that's what we teach. We teach that whatever circumstances you're facing, God loves you and he wants you healed. I, I have sort of an amazing grace story. I think you've looked at my book that I sent you a year and a half, two years ago, where I just decided to radically just lay my life down for my wife. I started focusing just on myself and what I did wrong and not try to change her all the time and then see her through graceful, forgiving eyes. And, and what happened over a 10 year period was astounding. But it's difficult to convey that message to people when they're in the middle of all the hurt. And, and it's, it's sort of this message of, and I, I try to keep saying over and over, just ask God to show you how, how you can start to extend sort of a radical grace. So how, how do you love that person who's in a sense become your enemy? I mean, at the end of my marriage, we were enemies. 
do you have any sort of advice to sort of encourage people? Let's say someone's listening right now and they're in the throes of the first weeks or months of a divorce. They feel awful. They feel tremendous anger or resentment, whatever. How can you encourage people? What could you say to them to encourage them to consider grace, to consider trying to deal with that soon to be X in a way that just doesn't make sense to our culture and our world? Well, you're right. There's, there's deep anger. There's hurt. Um, what I would say is if you're trying to do this on your own, or if you're trying to navigate this through, through the help of a well-meaning friend, maybe they went through a divorce and, and they're guiding you in, in the context of their experiences, which may be nothing like yours, you need help. You simply can't do this on your own. And so I would like to point people to a divorce care group where you will be embraced by people who do understand. You will gain practical knowledge about how to deal with the situations that you are facing, and you'll begin to see hope for the future. Is there any particular dominant thing that you see with people that's that's every divorce, there's there's this particular emotion that has to be addressed or or is it just every situation, a unique combination of emotions? Well, it's going to manifest itself in each person differently, but broadly speaking, anger, depression, loneliness, unforgiveness, um, a feeling of rejection. All of those will surface, and one of them may be stronger in you than it is in another person who may feel one of the other emotions more clearly. So it really varies. It, it, it really varies, but it's what we call a tangled ball of emotions. Some people try to chart your emotions when you go through a divorce. They sometimes call it a slippery slope or a U-shaped curve, and you progress from one stage to another. You're in denial, then you're in depression, and, and then you're in another phase. And I assure you that it is much messier than that. You so may experience one emotion this hour and quite another one the next hour. And then you may go six steps back tomorrow. You may make a little progress and then you slip back some. So uh, don't think this is going to be an orderly process. Instead, we call it a tangled ball of emotions where everything is just knotted up and any one of those emotions and or all of them can appear at any given time. So if you only had three words to share with, to say to somebody who's facing divorce right now, what, what would you tell someone in three words? Put trust in God. I think I cheated there. That's four <laughs> words. <laughs> would you want to expand a little bit on that? What you're dealing with is deep soul level loss. We talked about that ripping of a one flesh relationship and it's at the soul level. And really the only, only way 
you can find healing for your soul is through God's touch in your life. And that comes through a personal relationship with Jesus. And God says that the Holy Spirit comes into you when you give your life to Jesus and begins to minister to you and minister to your hurts. And that's what you need. And that's what you need. And if you already have done that, if you've already given your life to Christ, that resource is inside of you. You've just got to spend time with God in prayer, in study of Bible, in getting wise counsel from a pastor, a counselor, in pursuing something like a divorce care group. Just feed on God. Don't embrace the temptation to fill the hole in your soul with another person. You're not ready. You're not ready. You're setting yourself up for a train wreck. Here's an interesting concept. Can you be whole, healed, and content in your life without another person, without another romantic relationship in your life? If you can be, then you're ready for a new relationship. Steve, that's great advice. I appreciate it. Um, I want to thank you for joining me. If listeners would like to find out more about divorce care or other church initiative programs, check them out on the web at churchinitiative.org. A recording of this program can be found at the graceand30.com and wera.fm websites, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Mixcloud. The show will also re-air on this station this coming Sunday at 8.30 a.m. This is Ed and Steve signing off from Grace and 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. Have a great night and be sure to tune into Grace.